Welcome back to Why We Write Fantasy. My name is Oscar Sesenia. And I'm KJ Ayala. And today we're talking about writing in the age of AI. So we know that AI is a pretty big topic today. So um, we want to kind of give our thoughts on how it will impact writing, reading, and anything in between. Yeah, and I think Oscar is definitely the expert to do this. I don't really know anything about AI. So this is definitely, I'm going to be asking Oscar probably a lot of the questions that you have if you're not a software engineer like me, (laughs) (laughs) but Oscar is. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so before we dive into into the topic, let's... uh... Let's talk quickly about what are we reading. So, KJ, what's yes. what's in your in your I bedside reading, table? Yeah, on my bedside table. Um, I started reading this like 36 hours ago, mm-hmm. in the Lives of Puppets by T.J. Clune. But it's such a great book. I love T.J. Clune. He is very quickly becoming one of my favorite authors because he writes um, he writes queer fantasy, but it's like urban fantasy. It's almost always. I don't think it ever has not been set in our world. But what he does is it's this sweet, cozy humor, but he also digs really deep into a lot of human issues of belonging, of identity, of queerness, of family, that sort of thing. So this one, really quick, really quick overview is about a boy, human boy who was raised by robots and just just go from there. <laughs> it's, it's such a sweet book. It is, there is like a neurotic robot, a vacuum cleaner. There is like a a sociopathic robot nurse. It's just like, it's so awesome. So I'm about a third of the way through. I'm probably going to finish it in like two days. That's me in the lives of puppets, TJ Clue. What about you, Oscar? I am reading uh, The Lies of Locke Lamora. So this is a book that, it's been in my bookshelf for quite a bit. Um, honestly, I'm so sad that it has been in my bookshelf for so long because it's amazing. So um, so the author is Scott Lynch. And um, so Locke Lamora is the, the protagonist. And the, the story is about him and his criminal friends, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, he's a total anti-hero. He's a thief. He's a con artist. He's um, manipulative. But... It's still really like he's very likable, and um, right. yeah. And uh, one of the things that I noticed, which I was surprised, because it's not really high fantasy. It's not a like massive battles or or the things that I, I usually like to read. It's more like um kind of like a character driven story in a in a really small world. Because most of the the uh, the story takes place in the city of Camar. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't expand like that. It's not like, like I, I mean, not that I was expecting Middle Earth or Westeros, but it doesn't look like it will expand to that point. It's more like a, this is a city. This is uh, uh, ruled by criminals and and everything. In and Locke and and his band of criminals are uh, <laughs> are part of it. And it's it's just so good. Like it's it has like. I would say the perfect balance between crime, fantasy, yeah. adventure, and humor. So yeah, I actually, yeah. it, it actually, like a couple of times, I uh, I laughed out loud. But reading and that's this, a surprise. Oscar that, doesn't I mean, laugh. <laughs> I do laugh when it's like good, 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 good jokes. Like if I'm reading Terry Pratchett, I'm always laughing. But uh, <laughs> if I'm reading the like silly <laughs> fantasy, no, I'm not going to laugh. 
I'm going to roll my eyes. <laughs> Which he doesn't need a lot. He's always rolling. I think it's like eye strain whenever I'm around him. Anyways. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's good. My recommendation. Um, nice. I I just actually, I, I'm like on page 105. Uh, and yesterday I went to buy the, the second book because I know that I'm going Because it's that good. Yeah, I'm going nice. like to it. Nice, so. yes. I was interviewing an author, Lauren B. Davis, quite some time ago, and she wrote a book about a library. It's a, like a grimoire library where the books only show up when the visitor needs them the most, whether they need it or not. So I feel that way about some of the books on my bookshelf that have been sitting there collecting dust, you know, begging for me to come find them. It's, and when I do find them and I pick them up, I'm always in the right headspace, hmm. right? So maybe that book was sitting on your bookshelf until you need it the most. And this is the headspace that you are in. This yeah. is the book you need right now. Right? Uh, it, you know, it might be right because I like like green, dark fantasy. I like yeah. like heavy, like thought provoking, dense type of yeah. topics and i'm actually i know i was gonna i, I wasn't thinking about saying this but i'm reading <laughs> like i got from the library legends and Lattes. we talked about this earlier he's like i'm not gonna bring this up okay, i wasn't gonna it. bring it up because it. it's not my thing at all um it's yeah. i'm gonna finish it it's uh yeah it's cozy like it's not the book for you right now not it's not a book for me like <laughs> any time i think um <laughs> It's well written. It's engaging. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny because like while I'm reading like other books where I don't know the the challenge is that they're gonna get killed or murdered or there's something like or yeah. a massive like epic battle coming. Uh, the the actual like problems like this character has is like does the coffee machine works or not? And in a fan in a world <laughs> in a world where nobody knows what coffee is, so it's, it's really it's well done. It's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk bad because i don't think i can it's just that it's too it's cozy so and it's like uh <laughs> i don't know like nicholas ames actually says here uniquely beautiful and wonderful wonderfully wholesome uh nicholas ames is the one that wrote uh kings of the wild that i just read right um, and it is it is beautiful it is funny it's like super lightweight like yeah you don't nobody dies at least so far i'm halfway and well yeah. it's kind of like spoilers but uh yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. this is, an, this is another right. one, which is it's not enough. bad. Not bad. It's just uh, that's not the book you need. No, I need I need like evil antiheroes, and I need, need crime and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really gritty. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That's kind <laughs> of my thing. Like so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. yes. So let's jump into our our topic today. So yeah. writing in the age of AI. Yeah. Well, first of all, let's let's get started on your background, Oscar. And this is why you are the expert in our, you know, little group. Out of um, the two of us, yes, I'm the out expert. of the two of us, because <laughs> I'm like half the time I can't figure out what's happening with my computer. But Oscar, tell me a bit about your background and why AI, particularly in writing, is so mm -hmm. important for you and right now. Um, so I I have a degree in uh, computer engineering, uh, in back in Mexico. Um, and, uh, like all my life I've worked in tech, I've been working in tech for 25 years. Right. So, and it's something I really love. Like I love software. I love, uh, new things. I love every time that something new happens, I'm going to be there trying to find out if, if I like it kind of like an early adopter, yeah. uh, but it's something that I feel that, um, it, 
it's a little misunderstood in AI. ways. But also, I think it's, and the reason why I say this misunderstood, like, I think there should be a lot of regulations around it. But I don't want to get yeah. into politics and everything. But we should think as, as a society, we need to regulate technology. Yes. Uh, because technology moves way faster than politics. Yes. Like, um, like every government is going to come up with laws, but the laws are going to cover things that happened two, three years ago. And yes. we have something completely new. So yes, look at Meta, look at social media, all our legislation, things. always it works at such a snail's pace. Whereas the tech industry is just like going so fast. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And and AI has been here for what 50, 60 years, maybe. Yeah. Um, the things that it hasn't been as advanced as it is right now. Like I started, uh, I actually had a couple of courses in university about AI, and we were. Uh, programming with Lisp. That was the, the language that we used at the time right. for uh, Lisp and Smalltalk. Those two were the, the coding languages that you, we use for for AI. And right now, it's a, it's a completely different animal. Like it's there's, yeah. with machine learning and everything, it has changed a lot. Like back then, yeah. we had to tell, like for example, let's say that you wanted to create a software that you can ask him question like, hey, is this is this a book? And, and before that, I would have to input in the database what a book is. Like a book is a collection of pages with a story, um, all those things. Like pages, yes. Story, yes. Books, yeah. plus 100 or something like that. And then yes. with all these things, AI would start asking me, like, okay, how many pages do they have? Like 100. Okay, then it is a book. Mm-hmm. Now with machine learning, it has changed a lot. So right now it's more like the machines are, are learning. We're, we're just telling them, like, hey, Here's a bunch of information about books. Read it. And mm-hmm. now describe to me what a book is. And with right. all the information that comes in, it comes out with like, okay, a book is whatever a, a, a person would be able to tell you. And that, that's why it's called generative AI because it's generating all those things based on the on the things that, are, that the machine has learned in advance. This is like a super... I wouldn't say dumb, but like a super simplified <laughs> a way to see it. very high level. Yeah, yeah extremely high level. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, there's so so many nuances there and all that, but yeah. uh, there's you need someone who actually specializes in machine learning to explain yeah. that. I think my my point of view, working tech, not specialized in machine learning or or AI, but also being a writer, I can see some things that will impact yeah. our, the industry. So let's get to that then. Is that we know that there's been a lot of discussions around AI and the creative field. Like we, we're seeing AI infiltrate into artwork now and sometimes even appropriating some artists' artwork or ideas because mm-hmm. it's generative, right? Yeah. But we're also hearing a lot of conversations around AI writing poetry, writing novels, again, like very prescriptive type Mm-hmm. Um, work. So I don't think at this point we'll see the literary novel coming out of AI because just basically the the bottom-up approach of writing a literary novel is very nuanced and it's not, not something that a generative AI can do right now. But I'm wondering, I'd like your take because you're, you're I'm just like, ah, no, no, you can't take my job. But you're like, wait a second, KJ, like there's something here. So why don't you give us a little bit of an overview of what AI means in the writing world right now? Where are we sitting at? Huh. Okay. So there's so many things in, in your question. Oh my God. Uh, uh, <laughs> Should it, I narrow that down? <laughs> no, no. It's uh, so 
there are already uh, novels written by yeah. AI that you can purchase uh, mostly on like self-publishing platforms like Kindle and those things. Um, yeah. Uh, there's uh, there's others that have been actually written by someone who actually uses AI to build it and create it. Um, yeah. The the thing what what happens and and what you said about that is kind of like uh, rudimentary in the way they are written is because AI even though they can generate and think they the machines uh, mm-hmm. they can generate all this information comes all the information comes from the the source of information they got to learn how to right. do things so if you ask a machine to say you, you open chat GPT right now and ask mm-hmm. um, write a poem about a podcast on Shakespeare's style mm-hmm. it would be pretty easy for chat GPT to do it because there's so much Shakespeare and analysis okay. of Shakespeare yeah. out there. So you'll be able to, with all the information that ChatGPT has, mm-hmm. it will be really easy for, for it to build this uh, the, this poem. Yeah. But if you ask, write a letter in Oscar Sasenia style, there's so little of me that I'm pretty sure yeah. it will be flawed. So yeah. again, like the 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 way AI works is like it, it depends a lot on the information that you put in. Like right. if you put garbage in, you're gonna get garbage out. That's one of the things that we used to say as a developer that it's garbage in, garbage out. But if you put yeah. good quality information in there, you're gonna get good quality results. Right. Um, so where does that land us then with um, with AI and novel writing and going into the future? Like, can we change? Can we con- continually update the information that is put out there? Because I know that. Um, you know, me, myself, you know, I'm out there on the internet, I'm going to be a published author, I've got a lot of um, articles and essays out there. So but when I input, write a description for KJILO into ChatGPT, there is nothing that comes up. And some Mm. of my other friends, the information is completely inaccurate. So I'm wondering how moving forward, this is going to be evolving. And how is that going to impact novel writing, writing, period? Um. Yeah. Okay. So one one thing that I want to mention. So ChatGPT is limited in the the data that ChatGPT has is from kind of like the beginning of the internet until September 2021. So right. if there's some information that you KJ added after that, ChatGPT wouldn't have it. Actually, if you go to ChatGPT and grab like one of the new uh, books that just came out, even the ones it that just came it. out and they're massive, you won't have it, and it will tell right. you like this book doesn't exist as of September 2021 because right. that's the limit that, that ChatGPT has in the database. Yeah. Um, the, like thinking about the, the, how, can it, how can it impact the, the writing world, I think right now it's very minimal. Right now. Okay. Right now, I mean, ChatGPT is able to generate descriptions, generate ideas. Uh, I think it's very useful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if you have writer's block, you can ask ChatGPT for prompts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, like, for example, English is my second language. I sometimes I make some grammatical or spelling mistakes. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I put the paragraph in and I say, "Hey, ChatGPT." I mean, I don't say "Hey," it's not my friend, but I <laughs> say, up, like, <laughs> hey, hey, "Hey, dude, uh, check the following paragraph and fix any grammar or spelling mistakes." So it's like Grammarly. That's what you're using it it's as. It's different because Grammarly actually gives you some, again, Grammarly is AI as well, but it gives you some suggestions on how to make it sound more professional, how to make it sound more um, 
I know, cash roll, like those things gives you all this. Mm-hmm. The way I use ChatGPT in this case is just like, I like the way it's written. I like the way it sounds. I just want to make sure that I'm not spelling something incorrectly. Oh, I see. That's kind of thing. So you can so use it. Keep your that. voice. Exactly. Yes. Keep my voice. Right. It's just fix. Like if I put a an S instead of a Z, change that. Right. And that's That could very be useful. Helpful. Yeah, yeah, it's very useful. Uh, but again, that's something that you can only do with uh, with generative AI. Right. Um, right. But again, you can ask ChatGPT like, "Hey, write uh, write a story about something," and ChatGPT will do its best based on the information again that it's available in their database. Right. So, um, and one of the things that happens is that I think most of most of us writers are like average writers. Mm-hmm. Like it actually, when you're reading something and even like books that are really good and I love, sometimes their prose is okay. It's not, yeah. it's not it's accessible. Yeah, it's right? accessible. So yeah. I like it. I understand it. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not here in for the prose. I'm here for the story or I'm here for the character. Right. Um, one of the things that, that I, for example, like I'm thinking about the name of the wind, the prose yeah. that Patrick Rothfuss has is, it's amazing. Like I can, yeah. I, I read that book just, because the writing is beautiful. It's, it is so beautiful. But can ChatGPT replicate something like that? It could, if there was enough information with beautiful writing. But that's what so, I'm saying. Like most of us are average writers. So yeah. most of the information that ChatGPT gets is average. So, so the, it can't come up with something new, like a new, a new voice or a new perspective, right. that sort of thing. Right. So one of the things that, and I think it's important for people to to understand, for me, it's like, easy because I, I know this, but it's not that ChatGPT thinks. What yeah. ChatGPT does is that you enter certain words and ChatGPT predicts what the best answer would be. Yeah. And because there's so much information, most of the time the predictions are correct. Like if you're asking for, hey, can you describe a cup of tea? It mm-hmm. will describe a cup of tea, not a steak, because there's so much information about a cup of tea. I don't know a what I thought about tea. steak. I think I'm hungry. Um, that does sound delicious. <laughs> but, okay, we're but taking a break. Just <laughs> <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> Actually, it would be good to take a break just to remind people to subscribe and, yeah, and like, like the and video. subscribe. Just <laughs> <laughs> see that? That's what we call a segue. <laughs> Total segue. <laughs> so yes. Subscribe on YouTube and, uh, or subscribe to the podcast if you, you prefer yeah, the audio yeah, version. Yes. And follow us on Instagram on, at... Uh, Why uh, We Write Fantasy. Yes. So, but I, so my background is actually neuroscience and I see a lot of parallels here too with, um, with chat GPT and AI versus creativity and novel thinking, idiosyncratic thinking is that our, there was a study done. It was, was a, a few years ago on freeform jazz composers. And that's sort of like the jazz that sounds like, for me, mm-hmm. it sounds like I have no idea what's happening. Right. But what happened in the brain during free form jazz composition, meaning just just go with it, just shut down your yourself, your critical centers in your brain and just don't follow any rules is that the areas of the brain that were actually switched on was the the emotional centers of the brain and the front parts of our brain, which is the critical thinking, which mm-hmm. is basically our top down approach. We know the architecture of, you know, A, B, and C. This is how something works. Actually, was silence, and it was the emotional center, the bottom up thinking, cre- the creative thinking that was actually coming up with new ideas. And now that's something that I don't think AI can do. 
it can't come up with these completely new novel ideas because the way humans do that is to tap into a center of our brain that AI won't have in our lifetime. And that's emotions, right? Yeah. Um, Yes and no. Um, So yes, in the sense of like... (laughs) Yeah. Um, ChatGPT doesn't have any emotions. It's again, it's just a, it's just a tool to predict text. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But what happens with new ideas, like most of the new ideas come from all the inputs that we have as humans. So if I lived like just one example, I lived in Mexico for 35 years and I moved to Toronto. Um, My, my experiences that, that have built my, um, how my it's, brain works in psychological terms that's called a world schema it's a world schema so everything that has built my world schema is makes me build write the things that i write read the yes. things that i like to read like we're just talking about like i like dark well, you and don't like dark cozy trend. yeah i don't like cozy <laughs> because I, that was something but i'm pretty sure that someone close to me i'm pretty sure my sister would love cozy because mm-hmm. she likes those things sometimes mm-hmm. um but what i'm saying is that even though ChatGPT doesn't have the experience, it has all the learnings from the right. past. So anything that we put into ChatGPT can be used to generate new ideas. So mm-hmm. it is possible that there's some new ideas. Uh, I still doubt that it can be done today. Yet. Yeah. But it might be possible in the future. So Maybe, AI yeah. could write a literary novel. Yeah, for sure. In the future. I'm pretty sure it will. Okay, so like, if you think about like now for a new job. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I think like think about it. Like uh, I, I understand why it's uh, it's concerning for people mm. who live about this. But yeah, AI has been used for uh, like the, in the medical field for for a long time. So yeah. AI is it has so much data that it can identify uh, diseases. Um, way better than a human can. Mm-hmm. So, and it's because all this data, like even even if you're like the most advanced doctor, your your brain power cannot retain all the information that is available, and, and you cannot yes. even read all the papers that your yeah. fellow um, doctors are putting out there. You can't. I don't remember the Krebs cycle. Like, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's impossible. Like sometimes you read a yeah. book. I'm pretty sure it happens to you. It happens to me. It happens to everybody. Yeah. You read a book and maybe it wasn't that interesting. So you forget. Oh, yeah. I mean, you remember you read it. It kind of like yeah. sounds familiar, but yeah. you will not be able to tell how, what what is it about. You would remember that how it made me feel like this, but you remember what it's about. You always remember the emotional memories. Exactly. Always. The, yeah. Yeah. The thing with, with, with AI and is that they can actually remember everything because everything is in the yeah. database. Yeah. So, uh, with all the information we have, with all the books, uh, it will it will be able to to write a novel. Uh, it might not be a groundbreaking novel right. because it will use what works, right? And uh, it will use the three act structure or uh, save yeah. the cat that you were reading before, uh, yeah. like all those structures. It will use that to write it, and it will be pretty engaging. Um, the reader will not be able to tell. Uh, and honestly, the reader doesn't really care. As long as the story is fun, the story is engaging. If they don't know, they probably won't care. Yeah. But I still think that there's a lot of fear um, 
But I'm wondering though, okay, so we have this, it is a huge shift that is happening and it's, it's going really quickly right now. It's really and fast, yeah. You really fast and creators and writers are concerned, but how can we adopt AI into our writing? Um, like what is the good part that we actually might get out of AI? Because we hear a lot of garbage out there. We hear a lot of, you know, doom mongering and negativity about ai and to be honest i'm scared too because this is my job yeah so but how what can we do oscar and how do you see this going hmm. that's uh again this is my point of view i yes. don't see the future <laughs> and don't work in machine learning or anything <laughs> but i can tell you how i use ai yeah um like uh i'm i'm a very concise person in general yes. in my life Yes. So sometimes for me, when I'm writing, I just write like, okay, so the protagonist enters the room mm -hmm. and and then the reader will be like, okay, it's just like four Anchor walls and that's yes. it. Yeah. And I struggle like doing this description. So sometimes what I do with, with ChatGPT is like, okay, the room has a bed, a window, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Can you write a quick description for me? And then it writes the description and I read it like, yeah. oh, it's actually good. Yeah. So I never really use it like copy paste. But I get an idea on how can it be described. That's a really good idea. So those things, uh, yeah. writer's block, another one, as I mentioned, like mm -hmm. just you can just tell ChatGPT, like, hey, ChatGPT, I'm having writer's block because ChatGPT knows what writer's block, block, yeah. writer's block is. Uh, There's a lot out there, mostly by lamenting authors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ChatGPT is aware of that, and yeah. it will be like, hey, give me one prompt to write, or give yeah. me three prompt. And ChatGPT will generate this three prompt, and then you will write them. And and that's kind of like uh, having someone beside you to say, like sometimes I do that with with my wife. Like it's like yeah. I don't know what to write. Like, do you have any ideas? And she comes with sometimes the the, the most like uh, I don't know like crazy Wild. things and say, yeah. hey, write about <laughs> write about I don't know like a book that comes to life. It's like okay, so I'm going to write a couple of paragraphs, but at least gets me gets me going. So. Yeah. Uh, using ChatGPT that way could be could be a good idea. Um, another thing that I can think of is, so I'm totally against this in general as the as the system, but I know that marketing falls a lot into writers' hands, which yes. I don't like it because yes. writers are good at writing, marketers are good at marketing. Yeah, why should a writer be had to to market their own thing? I have that's my that's, that's a whole that's other like a episode. whole course. <laughs> totally, totally different. But and I do write in marketing. So But what I what I want to say there is yeah. that the you can use ChatGPT to generate your social media posts. Yeah. Like those type of things. Yeah. yeah. This is like we do. We use some ChatGPT here. Um, to help us with some description, some meta, stuff like that. But it's used very much as um, some ideas, some particular words. Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Because I definitely, I always edit it because it's not yeah. what I want. Exactly. You, but you it, want it your voice to be somewhere. there. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's a starting point for me, definitely. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's more like, a, it's more like use it as a starting point, not as a yes. final output. Exactly. Um, we haven't actually talked about uh, like futuristic sci-fi um, novels and how, so we do know that because, you know, science fiction is becoming science fact now. It's <laughs> just kind of a no. saying that's going around. I'm pretty sure it's going around on Twitter, but anywho, how, 
how do you think the actual stories that we tell in sci-fi are going to change simply because science fiction is now becoming in some part our reality mm-hmm. do you see a difference you're the sci-fi reader i am not a sci-fi reader i so am what do you think? A, um i think they will change for sure but i think one of the things that sci-fi has is that if you read sci-fi like from if you read asimov in the 70s mm-hmm. uh, and you read i don't know uh, william gibson like neuromancer uh, mm-hmm. in the 90s i think it was ni- late, late 90s or late 80s I don't even remember. orwell 1984 uh, yeah george orwell 1984 exactly. which yeah, was yeah written almost 80 years ago i think so what you will see is that it usually deals with the unsolved problems of our current world right like um i mean i've talked about cyberpunk before so cyberpunk is crime is drugs it's all the things that were a big issue like unsolved issue in In the the united states where cyberpunk was born in the 80s Cyberpunk right now doesn't make a lot of sense because there's a lot of things. Like if you read Cyberpunk, you have flying cars. If you you mm-hmm. you take a look at Blade Runner, you have the flying cars and everything because traffic in the 80s was... And there was no alternative to that. Now, mm-hmm. because you see all the main cities going more like... Making like a 15-minute city, making everything available, closer mm-hmm. to you, so you need to take yeah. to grab a car. A lot of people, younger people, don't have a driver's license. And nor do they want now in urban Why centers. Why would they want a driver's Gen license? Gen Z, they're like, no yeah. car for me, no license, I'm good. Exactly. So yeah. cyberpunk doesn't really standard. So right now, the, the new sci-fi is going to deal with the issues that, we've, that we are dealing with right now. One is right. generative AI, which that's one of the things that has been around for a long time, like AI, yeah. like thinking... Machines that can think, like you can, yeah. you can look at the Matrix. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, I mean Terminator. And Terminator, New, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Neuromancer, uh, sorry, Neuromancer. Uh, Neuromancer actually deals with the, something like that, but in general, is uh, I'll see, I see sci-fi changing uh, mm-hmm. because it's always evolving. Like again, if you read Asimov from the what they call the, the golden age of, of sci-fi, and I'm using air quotes because I don't think it's a golden age. I just think it was the, the beginning. Of, right. of sci-fi. It's when it became popular. It became popular. It became... It was totally different than now. Like, back then, it was mostly concept and plot. And character was like, yeah, there are characters there, but they only, they're only tools to move the plot forward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you like, if you read Foundation from Asimov, uh, those things, you, you will see that. And now sci-fi is it's a story. It's just stories mm-hmm. located in the future. So a lot of things change. Um, but again, just to say, like, I think it's hard to not to be afraid, especially mm-hmm. if you see your, your, your job, uh, yeah. threatened, but, um, yeah. there's so many, uh, AI is impacting so many different industries. Um, just yeah. to let you know, like the, I, I learned to code in early 2000 and you're so old Oscar. it was i yeah i said when i started um working in tech yeah. and back then we actually had to code and type each line and then debug and something was wasn't working so you had to go and look at it now you yeah. can actually ask chat gpt like i need a code for this and they will generate the code for you really so, yeah That's so and actually generating code is way easier than generating like a normal conversation because code has a lot of rules and it's a way smaller language than the English language or Spanish language. Yeah. So 
so it's uh, it's more uh, it's more narrow. Mm-hmm. So it it does that. So a lot of people like if I wanted to go back into coding, I'll have to relearn everything because yeah. now whatever I did 20 25 years ago can be done by ChatGPT way better. Yeah. Because ChatGPT, you can ask for a code that does that. You can ask for comments explaining what the code, the code is doing. And then you get a perfect code without yeah. have, having to know how to code. And thinking about another thing, I just thought about it. Like a lot of writers need to have their own website. And yes. <laughs> some people use tools that exist already, but you yeah. can actually ask ChatGPT to code a website for you. Can you really? Yeah. It's HTML. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 again, it's a programming language. They're pretty, pretty narrow. There's rules yeah. there. So you can ask ChatGPT to generate a script or, or if you're doing something in Word and you need a macro, you can ask ChatGPT to create a macro for you. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things where how writers can use AI. Um, yeah. Again, it's going to change. It's going to change the, the writing world. It's changing it already. It will change in mm-hmm. the future. Yeah, uh, I feel the impact already. Yeah, you feel the impact. Definitely yeah. do. Yeah, I write in, do a lot of content and marketing writing, and I do definitely feel an impact right now yeah. happening. So I'm going to be a best-selling novelist, just so you know. This is where I'm going now. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah. This but, is my I mean, new dream. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I don't think anyone gets into the, the writing business for money. <laughs> Oh my God, no. And we're going to have a whole episode lamenting on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just bring your bourbon because it's going to be sad. <laughs> I really hope well, I was able to answer the questions. This is amazing. It was, so edu- it was so informative for me too, because to be honest, I am a lot of the times I am quite afraid and I feel really down about the future of like my future. And it's not even just, you know, being able to make money, which yes, it is. That is the most important thing is to be able to support yourself, roof over your head, feed your kids, yada, yada, yada. But this is also something that I've been working on for the last, I don't know, almost 40 years. I have been writing. It is my passion. It is my identity. This is, and it feels really disingenuous and it feels, it makes me a little angry to think that people are saying, oh no, you know, chat GPT or AI is going to write the next novel. And it's like, well, that's, that's, you know, two, three years of my life of hard work. How can you say that? But I can see how we can use it as writers. We can use it, but I don't think that we can just say, Hey, chat GPT, write a novel about X, Y, Z. And then it populates something. And then we send it to KU Kindle Unlimited and they're we are indie publishers, indie yeah. authors. Yeah. So I definitely do think that there's, there's, will always be a place for talented writers. But I do think that, you know, on our part as writers, we need to up the ante. We really need to hone our skill. Um, you know, take courses, get writer friends, writer groups. We're going to be talking about writer communities very soon. Um, all these things to help us become better writers because Becoming a better writer also means becoming better humans because we learn more about other people, which at the end of the day is what all of our novels are about. Yeah, <laughs> is people, it's about or dragons, the people. Yeah. Or, you know, cyborgs. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, thank you so much, Oscar. I'm so grateful for your input on this. It feels good to to have this knowledge and not to feel so uninformed in this very changing world. So thank you so much. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love AI. I love tech. Uh, I read yeah. a lot of, uh, especially if a, if a book about AI comes out, I'm going to read it. And I think, yeah. as I said, like, I think right now the progress 
progress is going to continue. Like, uh, yeah. like Terry Whether Pratchett like said, <laughs> Terry Pratchett said in one of his books, like progress is something like it's just uh, to say that bad thing happened faster. So <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's going to happen. So yeah. I think the only thing we need to do is continue. But again, like you said before, there's always going to be a the appreciation from the consumer mm-hmm. from something is written by a human. Like, yeah. If you think about it, like if someone comes out in your, I don't know, someone gives you a photo of you that they took with their phone, you'll be like, okay, thank you. But if someone gives you a drawing, like drawn by hand, yes, it would be completely different. You might actually hang That's that perfect. in your. So it's, uh, yeah. and what I'm saying is not that one is better than the other one, is that you appreciate that a photo may have taken this person in a phone just a second to do it, while the other one it might take him hours. Yeah. So you there's there's care. there's that yeah. care, and as yeah. a society, we haven't lost that, and I don't think we will ever will. I love that there will be a market for AI generated stories, but there also be a market for for yeah. people who like to hear what another human, a fellow human, wants to wants to say. Yes, so. one of us. Yeah, human, <laughs> not the robot. Right. So well, thank you so much, Oscar, and thank you everyone for listening to this episode about writing in the age of AI. This was really informative for me. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you also on Instagram at Why We Write Fantasy, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>